Hello, and welcome back to Better Health Now. I'm your host, Rob Brown. For those of you who are checking back in for some information, I got some good news for you today. We got some great new stuff to talk about. If you're a first timer, let me just try to give you a little uh, quick idea about what we're going to do here. I try to provide information for you, the listener, that's useful, helpful, safe, and effective so that you can take a better hand in your own health. I think those are important things for us to do, and knowledge is a great tool for that. Now, if you're new, uh, you're going to hear what we're talking about. If you like what we're talking about here today, you can like it. You can share it with some friends, get the information out there to some other people who could make some use of it. If you need to, you can contact me directly, betterhealthnowpodcast at gmail.com. Send me a note, tell me what you liked, what you didn't like, give me a suggestion for what else you'd like me to try. I'd be happy to talk about something new. Here we go, on with the podcast. Today, what I want to talk about is the time change that we just went through. Uh, Standard time started November 4th, meaning that we ended daylight saving time. Daylight saving time is what happens in the spring when we spring ahead and just now we fall or fell back to standard time. It is supposed to allow us for an extra hour of sleep in the fall and to be able to use the sunlight outside during the day more so in the summer months. Now this was first adopted in the United States of America in 1918. It didn't go over well, it was discontinued and then it was picked up again in World War II uh, and when it became implemented nationwide once again. Today, in 2018, 48 of our 50 states participate in daylight saving time. Arizona and Hawaii do not. Now, the concept for daylight saving time was mentioned by Benjamin Benjamin Graham. He gets credit a lot of times for saying, proposing daylight saving time, but he didn't. He proposed the idea that we should wake up earlier in the day to make better use of the sunlight and therefore be more productive. But he did not suggest changing the clocks. That idea was first proposed by a man in England named William Willett in 1907. Being an Englishman, you'd think that England would be the first country to adopt it, but it wasn't. Germany was actually the first country to adopt daylight saving time, and then England picked it up in 1916. The United States followed suit a couple years later. This change is supposed to allow us, like I said, to enjoy more daylight hours for outdoor activities in the summer months. If you're new to this, you're probably thinking, have I drifted over into a trivia podcast? What's going on here? I came here to hear some information about health. Well, I want to get to that. I want to talk a little bit about what happens when we change our clocks and why that's kind of important to us. And then I want to talk about, in general, what's going to happen because we're starting into the season of the year when we're going to be losing some light. And that's the the thing that's kind of important. How do we approach this? What can we do to try to keep ourselves healthier during the upcoming winter months? Now, most of you figured out the winter hours are going to bring less daylight for almost all of us. The farther south you are, the less of an effect you'll have. The farther north you are, the greater of an effect you'll notice. You talk about the people up in Alaska, they will get closer to 23 hours of darkness, not really much sunlight during these winter months. Uh, most of us don't see that extreme, but there are some places that see a bigger change and some places that see a smaller change. That's kind of important because we're getting less sunlight. And if we get less sunlight on our skin, we're going to have a problem. Sunlight on our skin activates the vitamin D that's on our skin. Vitamin D is one of those vitamins that, that needs to be in our body. It's critical for our health and they lack or too little vitamin D in our body is a cause for serious health concerns. A lot of people here in Western Pennsylvania get checked their, uh, for their vitamin D levels. They go to the doctor and they get blood work done. Frequently, those folks are found to be lacking in vitamin D and the medical practitioner prescribes them a vitamin D supplement. Less sunlight as we move into the winter means less vitamin D uh, and we only have two choices. 
we either increase our daily intake of vitamin D or we get a good supplement that bumps up our vitamin D levels. That can be a little tricky because the foods for our diet that are high in vitamin D are not necessarily the foods that a lot of us eat on a regular basis. Vitamin D, high, high foods in vitamin D include the fatty fish, things like tuna and salmon, which we eat a fair amount of maybe. Mackerel, we don't see a lot of. Most people aren't doing that. There's also vitamin D in foods that are fortified or they've had vitamin D added to it. And that includes things like cereals. You'll often see fortified with vitamins A and D or things like that on the cereal box. So they've added vitamin D in there. Dairy products, of course, have some vitamin D added to them. It helps with our body's absorption of the calcium. Cheese, one of the other dairy products. Egg yolks are a very good source of vitamin D and so is liver. But if you're not eating a lot of liver or egg yolks or cereal, then you could really be lacking in vitamin D. So if you are able to eat those things, this is a good time of the year to start adding more of those to your diet to help maintain the vitamin D level that you're probably not getting from the sun. If you don't think you can address your vitamin D levels with food, which is a pretty realistic thing for a lot of people, um, then you need to talk about supplementation. WebMD, which is a real nice website out there, um, says that there are two kinds of supplements of vitamin D. There's vitamin D2, which is ergocalciferol. That's the type found in food, and our bodies can absorb that. Vitamin D3, or cholecalciferol, is the type of vitamin D that's made when sunlight hits our skin. So there are people that would argue that you need vitamin 2 to, as a supplement versus vitamin or D3. Um, they're both good sources. It's about how well the body's going to absorb it. The amount that we need pretty much is agreed upon that 600 intermediate units is the recommended amount for those of us who are under age 70. If you're over age 70 and you listen to my podcast, congratulations, but you need a little bit more vitamin D. If you're over 70, you're probably in touch with your medical doctor as well to see how any other medications could be affecting your vitamin D levels. If you haven't brought that up with your provider and you're concerned about it, absolutely talk to your medical provider, get his opinion on that, uh, and see where you want to go from there. That's just talking about vitamin D. And as we get less sun on our skin, that's something that's pretty common as the winter goes along. There's something else that happens when we go from the normal amount of sunlight that we're getting to the shorter amounts of sunlight as we go move into fall. And that is that we, we see folks who get the winter blues. The official term for that is SAD, Seasonal Affective Disorder. And this is a type of depression that comes and goes with the seasons, usually starts sometime in the fall and ends in the spring, and it pretty much parallels what's going on with the amount of sunlight that we're getting into our brains. One of the reasons we're like this is we used to be a people that were outside a lot. Today we're people that live inside an awful lot. Many of us have jobs that are inside. Seasonal affective disorder affects people who live in artificial light primarily. Fluorescent lights just don't have the same kind of an impact on stimulating our brain the same way that sunlight does, and that can allow for some depression uh, and some of those other things that come along with SAD. One of the things that they do to try to solve that problem is light therapy. They will have you sit in front of a box that emits a bright source of light. They'll find some light bulbs that emit a broad, broad spectrum of light frequencies and that stimulates your brain and helps you feel like you're still out in the sunshine more. They can also treat SAD with medications, with psychotherapy. It's a real problem. Some folks have said that they're not so sure that it belongs to its own category and that it should just be another type of depression but it's much more common in these winter months, so it's something that I think we should talk about. If you find yourself getting depressed, if you find yourself uh, getting the blues, if you find yourself becoming less active, less inclined to exercise, if your diet becomes poor, you become sluggish, 
you might want to talk to somebody about this. There are other things that you can do for SAD, including the medications and the therapy, uh, to keep you feeling like yourself, to keep you going. When we talk about the daylight hours diminishing, that also has an effect on our biological clock, on our circadian rhythms. That circadian rhythm, our wake and sleep cycles, really takes kind of a hit both in the spring when daylight saving time starts and in the fall when we go back to standard time. Uh, and some folks really suffer from that. What ends up happening then is our serotonin levels become lower. Our melatonin levels become higher. And those are chemicals on our brain that help pass information along. The melatonin being too high uh, is really a tough thing. Some people uh, are taking melatonin to help them sleep at night. Well, if your melatonin level is high because of the time change, uh, that could be a problem, especially if you find yourself drowsy or more during the summer or winter months. If you're taking melatonin and you're even extra drowsy, maybe you need to talk to somebody about cutting back on the melatonin during this, this winter period. Uh, you may be getting just a little bit too much of it. The medical folks can try to change our circadian rhythms, again, with light boxes, light therapy. The Mayo Clinic likes that idea. They also talk about the medications, psychotherapy, addressing the mind-body connection with things like meditation and imagery, relaxation techniques, Tai Chi, um, there's home measures that you can do to give yourself more light, open up the blinds, make your home sunnier, cut down trees that are blocking the windows, and if possible, get outside when it is sunny and do some exercise, do some activities. Get your brain stimulated from all that stuff. If you are finding that you have changes in serotonin and melatonin levels, then herbal supplements could some be something else that helps. A lot of people are taking the melatonin because they're not sleeping well at night, and if you're taking too much of that like we talked about before, vitamin D levels are dropped, supplementing that would be also a very good thing. Losing an hour of daylight, uh, of afternoon daylight, because we set the clock back to standard time can trigger some mental illnesses, including bipolar disorders. We already talked about season dis uh, seasonal affective disorder. A Danish study found an 11% 11 increase in depression after the time changes. Now that took about 10 weeks to dissipate according to them. A study in Australia found out that the male suicide rates increased the days after the spring and fall time shifts as well. These are all some things that happen because of the time shift and some of the things we've talked about because of the, the sunlight becoming less overall. The other thing that happens in the fall and winter is so many people become less active because of the weather. It is harder to stay active in the weather and it keeps us inside a lot. You're gonna to have to combat that in some way. Let's get practical, folks. If you're gonna face this winter weather, you might have to invest in some cold weather or bad weather gear to try to stay active. You might need rain or snow gear if you're a runner or a walker or a hiker. You, you might need to buy some of those things. You could also try a cold weather activity. Maybe you wanna start taking up cross-country skiing or downhill skiing or snow tubing or maybe even just ice fishing. Those are the ways that you can maybe combat when it gets cold. If you can't deal with the cold, if you can't deal with that, maybe what you need to do is join a gym. Find a workout facility that you can go to participate. Take a spinning class, a Zumba class, do some aerobic activities, do some weightlifting. There is also a huge variety of home workout choices that you can choose from. There's workout videos you can use. There's gym equipment that you can buy at home. They have treadmills. They have all kinds of bikes, stair climbers. You need to do something if you're not going to be able to be active during the winter. You need to determine that you're going to stay active. You have a better chance of finding something. Maybe you need to get a friend involved and the two of you can keep each other on track. The other thing that happens at this time of the year, we're just starting into the holiday season. And a lot of folks end up making poor holiday choice 
eating choices because the food is delicious. Um, there's a lot of holiday food-related snares just sitting out there waiting for us. From Thanksgiving, and for some folks, Thanksgiving starts a week or two before Thanksgiving because of family commitments. But it seems like at this time of the year, from now till after New Year's, the emphasis on food in this country is overwhelming. People bake all kinds of delicious things, and they share those delicious things, and they make cookies and pies and candies. They have parties, and a lot of the parties, the gatherings, the get-togethers, focus around food, and they have great food. Let's have a, let's have a get-together, and everybody bring their own favorite appetizer. Well, we love that. We also know that adult beverage consumption seems to rise at this time of the year. People are doing a lot more drinking. What do we do about that? Great questions. We can't just roll with the season or we're going to lose all the stuff that we've maintained over the summer and the, the good benefits that we've had. So we need to be deliberate. We need to sit down and make some kind of a plan, an eating plan, or else we're going to fail. This might not be a bad time to try out a new eating plan a new diet, something that tracks what you're eating. Get a new a piece of electronics that helps you keep keep a, a count of what you've been eating so that you can note what you've put into your mouth and into your body and raise your awareness. Unfortunately, too many of us are just gonna enjoy the ride of the holidays. We don't wanna put in the work. We are telling everybody yes to go to parties and yes to do certain activities. We take the time away from our exercise and our workouts. We become very um, people-focused, which is a great thing, but it, it's at the expense of our exercises. Come December 31st, we're all going to sit around and complain about the amount of weight we've gained, the pounds we've put on, the times we haven't been to the gym, the fact that our clothes are a little bit too tight, uh, our blood pressure is higher, our blood sugar is higher, uh, and people are going to make these New Year's resolutions and starting January 1st, they're going to kick it in gear. Now, here's what I would suggest to you. Pause for just a moment and consider what would happen if we started those New Year's resolutions today, the beginning of November. If we came and, and kept our exercise plan, our activity plan intact for the next two months. If we kept our eating plan intact for the next two months. This is gonna be hard, it really is. This is a busy time of year for us. And the only way we're gonna be successful doing this is with some real deliberate and active steps. Number one, you got a plan. You've got to sit down and take a look at what you have got on your schedule for the upcoming week. Most of us are nine to five people Monday through Friday. So take a Saturday or take a Sunday and look ahead at the week that you've got coming up. You might need to really be deliberate about buying groceries for the upcoming week that includes healthy choices. It's way too easy at this time of the year to walk in your house. It's getting dark outside. It's something for dinner. You look in the refrigerator and the choices are pretty limited, the choices are not very healthy, but you just don't have the energy to buck up and go to the grocery store and make the healthy meal that you should be serving your family. So you serve them something that you know is not quite as healthy. That happens once, it happens once, but it happens many, many times for a lot of us during this time of the year. And we can prevent that by looking ahead at the week and choosing to buy groceries that are gonna prevent the empty cupboards, the empty refrigerators. All we have is the junk food left. Let's go ahead and eat the junk food. Plan ahead. Let's also take a look at the commitments we have as far as our time for the upcoming week. When are we going to be busy? It's very uh, common that we rush home from work after some of these things, pick up the kids, go to an event, go to a function, go to something and scream back into the house at 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night and we're throwing together a meal at 8 o'clock at night for the kids and for us. Horrible planning on our part. If we can plan our meals a little bit better, 
if we can look at our schedule, maybe what we're going to need to do is not commit to all the events that are out there. There's going to be tons of them. There's lots of great things. There's lots of charity events. There's lots of great concerts. We could donate our time, donate our energies in lots of wonderful places, but we might have to limit that or else we run the risk of cutting ourselves and our health out of the picture. We'll pick ourselves up December 31st again. Maybe we should start picking ourselves up a little bit now. We are better able to help other people if we take care of ourselves now. It's very hard to serve other people if you are an empty vessel yourself. And if you've made your health become bankrupt because you've not been getting enough sleep, you've been making poor food choices, and you're overscheduled, it's very hard for you to give 100% to those causes. So let's try to keep that in mind as we're going ahead. Uh, we, Like I said before, we may need to buy some more gear, some more equipment for those kind of things. We may need to plan ahead. I just saw today a sign that said one of the local gyms has half off their membership fee through the middle of December. Join now and they'll cut your membership fee for the year by one half. What a great time to think about that. Don't wait and get started on that the 2nd of January. Start it now. Get over to the gym. Get the habit of working out. The other thing that you might have to sacrifice is some of that television time, some of that time that's wasted. I myself had to get up extra early this morning because my wife had commitments that she needed to take care of. I really did not enjoy getting out of bed before five o'clock to get my run in this morning, but that's what it took for me to get my run in. And if you can't look ahead and if you can't sacrifice watching the television for an extra hour last night, you're not going to be able to maintain that workout schedule and cutting a day out of your workout this week and cutting a day out next year, next week leads to a schedule of not working out because you're just too busy. I'm just too tired to do that. And I hear that a lot of times. Here's the plan, folks. In the privacy of your own mind, as soon as the podcast is done, take a minute Take two minutes, grab a piece of paper, and write down some New Year's resolutions. Start now. Let's finish this year stronger than we finished last year. We've been good about our diet, our eating, our exercise, managing our stress, all those things all year long. Let's maintain those through the end of the holiday time, through the end of December. Imagine if we start January 1st, where we ended up the school year. Imagine if we could jump in and say, what do I do for next year? Well, I don't have to lose the 10 pounds because I didn't put it on. I can now make a new goal and exceed the things that I've done in the past couple of years because I'm starting from a position of strength and not a recovery position. You'll be two months ahead on your New Year's resolutions if you make some new ones now. I can almost guarantee that if you do this, that you will be more successful with those plans for the upcoming year. It'll already be in your schedule. It'll already be a habit for you. Start making those habits now. Take a minute, write them down. We've just turned the clocks back, but let's look and turn our journey forward to better health now instead of backsliding for these next couple of winter months.